Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Hey, we, we found a new ear thing. Uh, this is, the saga continues. I'm keeping this just in case. Hey, welcome. Does it sound okay? Come on, you might remember me from such scenes as the other one did not work. Um, so <laughs> I was doing dance moves up here earlier, so I know it's, we're good. By the way, if you didn't know, worshiping up front is way different than worshiping back there. Um, I'm just, that's from somebody that usually worships back in the back area. Um, I just want to invite you guys in the future that if you ever want to like, if you ever need a little extra in the morning, this is where it's at, okay? I don't want to be like, like favoritism of areas, but it's up here. So it's true. Like there's, there's, there's actual locations that God showed up, right? It's like, and they'd be like, wow, God, you must be in this place. And they called it, you know, Bethel. And anyway, you get me. So not, not the church, but you get me. I'm saying, okay. All right, well, hey, I want to real quick just do a plug for the Georgian Bano, Banoff, um, <laughs> Bono. <laughs> How many of you guys have never heard of Georgian Banoff? Raise your hand. Never heard of the guy. I don't know who this guy is. He looks a little, little like Russian. Yes. Okay, great. This guy, him and his wife, um, they're just gospel preachers. They don't have any other messages. They just have the gospel, and they, they have about, he travels with, I don't know, like 15? He travels 300 days a year. Say law, and, like and he's like seventy. That's true. He was one of the first rock stars in the Ukraine. One of the things he says, he says, I used. To, he talks like this, so it's not. He says, I used to, I used to be trained to kill Americans. Now I just want to kill you with love. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and he is just. He got saved and just got lit. I think he like snuck into the U.S. or something. But like, he had to flee. That's what it was. <laughs> So anyway, he is, him and his wife, they travel with like a suitcase full of Bible translations. Um, maybe we can talk him into the Bible app this year. I don't know. Um, but he is just, they're just one of these people that is as wild and kind of like just joy-filled as they are. They could preach on the gospel for hours and hours and hours. And so, and, he, and the way he describes it, it just, I think last time he was here, we were just remarking and talking about this, how, how grounded the gospel feels when he talks and shares about it. And it's just, it's just full of life. You, just, you know when you, when you hear the, a, a message and it's just, it's just edible for you personally. So anyway, I encourage you, make one of the times, go to our events page on our website, make, make one of the sessions, you won't be disappointed. Um, if you wanna Google him and lo- watch him and laugh with him online, you can do that too. But he's good in person, I promise. Um, I think last time he was here, he was playing his fiddle during the worship in August. My son was like, just like dancing with them. I can do that because I got the hear it thing that sticks on now. But anyway, just like that, Chris says. Oh, well, let's pray real quick. God, we love you. Oh, I'm still just wrecked by a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness. Oh, gosh. Just close your eyes and just Just think about that for a second. He is the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness. 
so good. I'm so glad we just took some time. <laughs> oh, Father, we thank you, God. We just pray for a second. God, we just, we just again and again, this is Nicole said, I, just, I, I was, I was kind of hoping she'd just stay up there and just keep preaching. But so let's just, let's just go after this, just, just a couple more minutes. God, I just, just put your hand on your heart right now. God, I want to be, I want to be a follower of you, God. I want to lay down my own ideas and understandings, God, and I want to follow you. I want to follow the way maker, the miracle worker, the one that keeps his promises, God. The light in every dark place, God. Father, I ask you just to become more real to us right now. Show yourself real, God, in every area of our lives. You are real. We serve you, Jesus, and you are real. You're not made up. You're not a theology. You're not a book. You're not a, a religion, God, that you are a living God, a living person in our lives, God. And we just surrender to you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus. Wow. How many of you guys just feel God like just became a little bit more real to your heart just then? You just, you felt him. You felt something happen in you. Come on. That's what we're here for, just so you know. <laughs> we're here so that we feel his presence. So we feel that he knows he's real. Oh. All right, well, I'm kind of a mess, but let's, let's keep moving. Oh. Um, I, I wasn't going to start here, but I want to start here because Nicole, what you're saying, Romans 8, 8, 5. Is that right, Nicole? I'm so glad you're back. I'm so glad she's back. Yay, God. Woo. Um, I, I want to, I was going to, I was going to jump in at Romans 8, 11. Um, I'm going to read it and then I think we're going to go um, into, into Philippians 2. So if you want to get your Bible out and start flipping there, you can. Um, I, I, I felt like one of the, the, if I was to name this message and you don't always have to name messages, I get it. But I wanted to call this thing transformation through surrender. Everybody say transformation, transformation. through my surrender. So we're going to go on a little bit of journey here, but I want to start about this, the, the person we're surrendering to is, is God, is the Holy Spirit, is Jesus. It says, and, and Romans 8, 11, it says this, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, some manifesting happening over there, just bless that Jesus. <laughs> To him who raised Jesus from the dead, he dwells in you. Say, he dwells in me. Come on. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And, if you, and we, can, we can be like, cool, I, I, I'm living. I've got life in me. But what if we read it this way? He says, but if, Jesus of, uh, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give abundant, overflowing, quickening, 
like overflowing like rivers of life through his spirit who dwells in me. Like, what if we believe that just because Jesus is in us, we have, a, we have an overflowing fountain of joy, an overflowing fountain of life coming out of us? See, the, the goal, I believe the goal of every Christian is to be an overflower, is to be overflowing. One thing, one of my, uh, my, my mentors in the spirit, mostly because I just watch all of his YouTube videos, he's my mentor, is a guy named Dan Moeller, and he, and he when he, he said this one time, and it, it shifted my thinking. I love to shift people's thinking. I love getting around other leaders and other people and, and just Christians and non-Christians. But I love, I love shifting the way we think. Because how often, most of the time when we change our actions, it's because somebody has said something and it made us go, huh? Right? Like I remember the first time someone said, hey, Jesse, you know you're not, you don't have a sin nature. Your nature isn't a sin anymore. You have a, a new nature. You're not just a sinner saved by grace. You're a righteous son of God who doesn't have a sin nature anymore. They said that to me, and I felt like I just, like, I threw my TV out and had to get a new one or something. You know, like, everything I knew had to change because of the shift in who, what, I, what I knew. And so there's a transformation that happens when we start to, when we, when we hear something new, but not just when we hear it, right? Because I could have heard something like that and I could have been like, <laughs> that's that newfangled universalism or whatever theology, like, I know I'm a sinner. You can't convince me out of that, right? So I could have said that, but the reality is there's a, in order to have transformation, you have to surrender what you believe. You have to surrender your understanding you have to surrender your, your, your need to feel successful in Christianity. You have to surrender something. I'm not saying, like, surrender it blindly. I mean surrender with wisdom, with, you know, seek understanding. You were given a brain. You were given ears and eyes to, so you could process information. You could hear it and think of it. Like, you were, you were given a, a restored mind, and so he expects you to, to use it. But when you hear something, your spirit says, huh, I think I was at a conversation with someone the other day, and it was a, it was a, a, a really, just a, a leader I was with, he, and, he, and he, he was talking about his boss, and he says, you know, my boss is under a lot of burden, there's a lot of pressure lately, yeah, and, and I just, sometimes I feel like my job is to take some of that burden off him. And I heard that, I'm like, wait, what? It doesn't feel normal. So I asked him, well, what do you mean by that? He says, well, he's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. He's, a lot of people are counting on this person. And so I just want to take that burden off him. And my first thought, and, my, and so what, my first thought was, why is he carrying that type of burden? That type of burden feels heavy and hard. And the scripture that came to my mind, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so I started, we just started chatting and have a good conversation about like, well, what's it really mean? Like, are you really supposed to carry this guy's burden? What if Jesus carried his burden and he just got to serve Jesus and surrender to the plans for his life? And so I'm, I'm always thinking these things, I'm always, I'm coming into contact with people and things and I'm realizing like, wow, we all need to change the way we think. And so in that, there has to be a surrender to that. And I think that, the, and so back to Dan Moeller, he said something that shifted my thinking and I, it's, I'm not going to say I'm quite there yet, but I, I hit spurts of it. And he said this, he says, you know what? You know, a lot of Christians out there are getting burned out, but I want you to know you'll never drink from my cup. And I'm like, huh? What do you mean by that? And he started, he's like, listen, my cup's overflowing. 
Like it's pouring out on the saucer and it's on the table and that's where you might get to be. You'll never make it to my cup. And I just thought like, it was just one of those, those thought transforming moments for me. It was one of those moments where you're like, you just knew I have to decide what I'm going to do with this new idea. Am I going to believe I'm a new creation or am I going to keep going down this center road? But for me, it was because I had been in ministry for a while and I had been tired. I had been pouring out. I love serving people. I love giving my life to people. And so it was not hard for me to move into, I don't know what they call it, compassion fatigue or whatever. I just get tired. And so when he said this, my first thought was like, wow, is that even you, Lord? Because all I knew, and I thought I was actually winning. We're all winning in some ways. But I, I thought like this was, this was godly to pour yourself out to be a drink offering. And when he said this, I'm just like, but my cup overflows. Well, that's true. My cup overflows. Why would it ever be empty? Why would it ever even not overflow? Like, I mean, what's, not, what's overflowing mean? It means it's going over the edge. It means it's more than enough. People like to, people, someone came up uh, a couple weeks ago and they said, hey, do you guys preach the prosperity gospel? And actually they asked Jessica this. I'm so glad they asked her this. <laughs> and her response was beautiful. It says, well, we don't preach the poverty gospel. And I, I get what people say when they, when they ask that question. Like, you guys, you're not those prosperity preachers. But the reality is, is Jesus Jesus was a prosperity person. He was a person of prosperity. I was thinking about this morning. I, I, wasn't gonna, I, didn't think I, I didn't know how to say it, so I wasn't going to say it. But now I think I can fit this in. <laughs> Remember Jesus, is, he's got 5,000 plus people in front of him. And, and, they, and he's like, and his disciples are trying to send him away because they, they, they don't have prosperity in them. And they're like, we've got to send these people away. We don't have enough food. We don't have enough. And Jesus says, oh, we've got enough. You give them something to eat. And so what I thought was really funny is I thought Jesus is not very good at making meals for people. He over, you know, it's like when you make a meal and you're like, oh, I have enough for about, you know, he knew how much to make. He didn't, I I, I wonder if he messed this up. It's like he made, I don't think he messed it up. But but I thought to myself, like, did he mean to make too much or did did he miscount some people? Did some people RSVP and not show up? Like, what just happened, you know? And so he had too much, I don't know. But I, I love the fact that he, he gave thanks, he broke the bread, and it, obviously it was a couple loaves of fish, and, and they fed everybody, and there was more left over. And there was way more left over. Do you think Jesus could have made just enough? I want you to think about that. Could he have made the perfect amount so that every mouth was fed and at the end all the disciples would have been like, whoa, God, it was the perfect amount. That's amazing, right? He, he, he didn't care about that. He cared about proving his point that he is the God of more than enough. And I felt myself, this is kind of a rabbit trail, but I, I, in our family now, I've, I've, because I grew up with there's not enough. I heard it in my parents' voice. I heard it in other people's voice. I heard it in my voice. And so I, 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 now I hear it coming out of my voice with my kids. And I'm like, no. And so now I like, we're like, can we have, can we, can we get an ice cream cone? Like, yes. Like, 
can we get a sugar cone with that? I'm like, yes. Yes, there's always enough. And so I just, we've just adopted this phrase, there's, there's more than enough. There's always enough. And that way, if one of my, if one of my kids, August, goes over to Ray and says, can I have some of your French fries? And she can say, yes, because there's always enough. <laughs> but there's these thought things. So the idea of my cup overflows was a shifting mindset for me because I grew up with there's not enough. And so when, when, but the reality, the heart of there's not enough is rooted in what if my cup doesn't overflow? It's rooted in, I need to control my resources, my world, my life, so that I'm never ended up with lack. And what Nicole was saying, as she was saying this morning, is this surrender thing. is like, oh, I'm just like, yes, Lord, we're talking about surrender today. We're talking about transformation through surrender. And in order to recognize that you, you can't will your cup to overflow. I'm just going to put that to bed right now. So some of you guys are like, cup overflow, cup overflow, cup overflow. Please, cup overflow. We, we are that kind of society that we want it now. We want to do something about it. We want to work for this thing. You can't will your cup to overflow. You, you actually have to surrender yourself to overflowing. You have to surrender yourself before you'll ever overflow. Because if you're working yourself into overflowing, you're, it's almost like the cup's leaking out the bottom. Yeah. It's like your cup is actually getting drained because you're reducing God's grace in your life out of your good works. And so you actually have to surrender in order to get your cup overflowing. I'm going to talk about um, Philippians 2 now. You guys with me? Philippians 2. Um, I, just, I just love Philippians 2. Um, it's labeled, be like Christ. I mean, how can you go wrong when a chapter is labeled like that? Um, but I just, let's pick it up on verse 3. Um, well, let's back up. Verse, as we get out of verse 1, he talks, he's talking about how... <laughs> How there's suffering, and not only to believe in him, but also for the suffering for his sake, experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here, he, Paul's saying, listen, let's rejoice in all the suffering that I've been going through. And now he says, therefore, if there be any encouragement in Christ, though, so don't get depressed on me, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if there's any affliction and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. He's speaking to the church. And then he says this. So this is how we're going to go there. And he says this, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. We talk about transforming your mind. Isn't that interesting? With humility of your mind, which means you actually have to submit, you have to be humble your mind to what God wants to do in your life. Be humility of mind. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. I mean, we could just preach on that right now. I was talking to my, uh, my brother, Ken. I'm going to, uh, well, I already said his name. Um, it's a cool story. He, there's a, a person that called him and said, hey, I, was, I have these suicidal thoughts and I, was, I need you to pray for me. And so Ken, he, he's just, yeah, I'll pray for you. And he starts praying for him right now. And the guy says, I'm going to get off work a little later. So he calls him back a little later. 
Ken's like, I'm gonna, Ken, I hope you don't mind. I didn't ask you. Uh, I repent now, Ken. Forgive me for that. <laughs> I can hear his voice. He says it's okay. So it's all right, all right? It's all right. And I don't mind bragging and honoring people in public. But so he, said, he told me this. and he, he, he literally said, why don't you come over to my house tonight? And we're going to pray through this. Now, Ken, we were at his house for a deliverance training. We we're learning about deliverance for the Stuart and Kathy gear. So I knew he had a long day. And at the end of the day, he considered somebody else more important than himself. At the end of the day, he surrendered his evening, his time, his energy to somebody else, to another brother that was going through something. And man, I'm just like, I hear that and I start to humble my mind. I'm like, God, I don't know what that is, but I want some of that. And so I'm out of no problem honoring Cain. He's a great man of God. But that, that's what this looks like sometimes, considering somebody else over yourself. Verse 4, do not merely look out for our own personal interests, but have also for the interests of others. Holy Spirit speaking to some of you right now. I love it. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, and this is Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. So this is Jesus walking the earth. But he emptied. Say he emptied. He emptied. He emptied himself. He emptied himself. He humbled himself. He, he gave up his will of what he was going to do. He emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant. We like to think of King Jesus, and we think of him as this big royal king, because he is, and this powerful, and his name of Jesus is powerful. But do you know that he emptied himself and took on the form of a bond servant while he walked on the earth? His Everything he did, he did because he saw who? His father doing it. He served God. He served his father. He, he was God, and yet he, he took on the form of man. He emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. He wanted us to be able to identify with him. So being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You know what the result was of someone that gets, that humbles himself to the point, to the point of that. The result is this. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven on earth and under the earth and under the earth. Every knee. I love that. I love that even the demons have to bow and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that was all because when he walked on the earth, he humbled himself, considering others better than himself. I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about what are, what are the ways that, um, what are the ways practically that we, we, we recognize that um, we have to give up control and give up our, we have to surrender. We have to, we have to surrender our ideas, our thoughts, our minds. When you're, when you're about to, uh, we have some friends that, that are, actually we have a lot of friends that are just gave birth to, to children. And when you first give, when you're, when you're pregnant, you have this idea of what it's going to be like. 
and you have these ideas of, of what, what parenting is going to be like and when it's going to come when you have the baby, especially if it's your first and you have no idea. And how quickly, how quickly do you have to surrender your idea? Because the reality is when that baby comes out, it ain't going to be like your friend's baby. You might have a friend that was, you know, I mean, maybe you have Chris's baby and all she does is smile and sleep and she's just the greatest little thing in the world. And she's laughing and... <laughs> That might not be all she does. <laughs> or, or, you, or your friend's baby that might be colicky and all, she, all, this, all the baby does is scream. And you're just like, well, I don't know what to expect. The reality is we have no idea what to expect when we follow God. We have no idea. But we know some things about God that if we'll just surrender ourselves and we humble ourselves, he'll exalt us. He'll raise us up. Well, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. That's right, you don't. But you know what you, get? you have right now? You have God in front of you. You have his ways in front of you. You have his indicators in front of you. We can follow him right now. And the way you transform your mind is not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's right now. We get caught up, though, in fear. And fear is control. Fear is just trying to control you. Fear is the absence of perfect love. It casts out perfect love. And so we're afraid of what could happen if we don't follow what we think we're supposed to do in that moment, that our, our gut feelings, our emotions, our feelings, whatever it is that's causing it to get stirred up, whatever it is that's warring against the surrendered life. How many of you guys have ever felt this? Just Have you ever felt like there's a battle for surrendering? Just raise your hand. There's a battle of my surrendering. Like a, you know, you wake up and you're like, I know I'm not supposed to be stressed, but I can't let go of this thing. Right? Come on. I know I'm not supposed to be worried about the outcome, but I can't let go of it because all I'm thinking is what if, what if, what if. When I was learning, when I was learning how to fly um, uh, helicopters and, and, and we started on fixed wing airplane, I was in the Navy. Some of you guys don't know. I was in the Navy for nine years. Um, in, in 2001, I went in right out of college and I just thought it'd be fun to do. Um, wasn't all that noble. I just, just thought this would be exciting. So I, I went in the Navy and, 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 and you learn how to fly airplanes to start with before you learn how to fly helicopters. Um, side note, I wanted to fly jets. I mean, who doesn't want to fly jets? And so like Top Gun was like, I was, I was, I was, that was my, I watched that movie. All I wanted to fly is be his Top Gun. I, I think, I don't know if I, I, I wasn't nearly as cool as Tom Cruise back then, but I had, I had, a, I had, a, I had a goal. And uh, now I don't want to be like Tom Cruise. Um, <laughs> there are other people I would rather be like. <laughs> Tom, if you're listening, I love you. And I, I, I just, I, I think there's lots of people that want to be like you, just not me. Um, <laughs> what if I got an email from Tom? He was like, hey, that was a good message. Um, Sorry, rabbit trail. Humble my thoughts, humble my thoughts. Okay, all right. Um, and, so, and so I always want to be a jet pilot. I was all excited. Everyone to be a jet pilot in flight school. And you're just like, and the day comes when you're getting ready to choose what you get to, what you get to fly and move on to. And, and um, uh, I, this isn't a very exciting story, but I'll tell it anyways. Uh, the day of, and I was actually, I'm a pretty good, I was a pretty good mechanic, good stick as they say. Um, the problem was there was a, uh, a guy that had been a backseater in a jet for like five, ten years. And he was going back through the program to be a pilot. 
And, uh, and so he was way better than me, and I had no hope of beating him. And then the other guy that beat me out in jets, because I didn't fly jets, let's just end that story now. Um, he, he, was, he was just phenomenal. His whole family flew jets, and I guess it's hereditary. So... <laughs> Anyway, so, I, anyway, so I'm learning how to fly helicopters. Sorry about that rabbit trail. Um, and I'm learning how to fly uh, aircraft, fixed-wing aircraft. And one of the things you have to learn how to do is flying clouds, okay? Now, when you fly in clouds, you don't know what's happening. And so you see white everywhere. And one of the ways you tra- they train you, actually, and is in a simulator, is they basically put a sheet over the trainer because the Navy didn't have any money to buy new trainers. So we had 1960s trainers. They just put a sheet over it so that you can't see anything. And so you're flying around looking at your gauges. What's well, the same thing when you're flying in, in the fog or in clouds, except you have all these indicators trying to tell you what to do next. When you're flying in the clouds, you ever heard something called vertigo? So we think of vertigo, usually, you know, you feel like I'm disoriented, I don't know, you know, know, that's what we say, I've got vertigo, right, and you grab a hold of something. When you're flying, vertigo is way more dangerous, right? If you're, when you're walking, vertigo says, I might fall a foot and a half here and I might hurt my knee or something. When you're flying, vertigo is what causes you to fly upside down and not know it. And you're like, that's impossible. How could you fly upside down and not know it? And the reality is, is because all your senses are feeling the aircraft, you feel this, you feel that, your bottom feels it, everything feels, you feel all these senses, and it's trying to tell you which way you're actually flying, which way to go. And so if you're flying in the fog, and you try to go off just your senses, you're never going to, um, let me put it this way, there's a really good chance you're going to end up in the ground and not even know it, okay? There's actual stories recordings of aircrafts that literally flew straight and level into a mountain because they thought they were in a turn the whole time. And you just don't know where you're going. And so you just fly. And so one thing we have in the aircraft, you might have guessed this, is instruments. You have, you have attitude indicators, all these instruments. And so you have to learn to train yourself to stare at these instruments and not trust all the little feelings that you hear. Does that make sense? And so you're looking at the altitude indicator. How high am I going? Am I climbing? Am I descending? And you might feel like, I remember being in an aircraft one time and my instructor was sitting in the back seat and he says, you know you're climbing. I says, there's no way I'm climbing. And he says, look at your indicator. And I was in a 500, that's just a lot, 500 foot per minute climb. And so it's amazing what our senses will tell us. It's amazing. And it's until you start to train, what you have to do is you have to train yourself to surrender to all your senses. I know it might be cheesy, but I, it, I grabbed me. And so you have to surrender to all the different feelings you feel like I'm not doing well. I am doing well. I'm going left. I'm going right. And you have to look at what's going on. You have to surrender to these guides, these, these indicators, some of your speed, some of it's your attitude. And, you got, and so you gotta, you've got to fight that urge to do what you think you're supposed to do. And I think about Jesus, and I think about Jesus. What did you do when you walked on the earth? Jesus, I don't know if, I don't know if, it, was, if it was a struggle for him. I, I do know it, it feels like there was times when it was really hard for him. You know, he's on the ground, and he's, Father, before he goes up to get crucified, you know. I, I, I'm not saying he was trying to get out of it, but I think he was trying to understand it maybe. But here's the deal. It's God, Jesus walked the earth completely emptying himself. He emptied his mind, his thoughts. He emptied his understanding 
See, even Jesus emptied his understanding because it says he didn't do what he said the Father do that he qualified with his own understanding. He says he just did what the Father called him to do. You, you, you usually know if you're not surrendered. You usually can tell if you're not surrendered. The, the tough part is when everything's going really well, it's hard to know if you're surrendered because sometimes we just, we, it's really good just to follow the open doors. And if, you're not, and if you're not surrendered and you usually feel the pain of not being surrendered. And I just... I, I, There's something so powerful. There's something so powerful to get to know Jesus, to get to know the Father, and to trust Him, and to just spend time with Him, and to trust Him, and to know that He's not going to lead you somewhere you're not supposed to go. And to surrender every decision, every will, every thought to him. And to see the transformation that comes. Romans 12, offer your body as a living sacrifice. Surrendering it. Surrendering your mind. Being renewed through this transformation. Your cup will overflow to the level that you are surrendered to him to the level that you're willing to surrender to what God has for you at work, what he has for you at school. Some of you, you're like, oh man, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I was supposed to get this upgrade at work. I was supposed to get this promotion and it didn't come through and now I don't know what to do. Surrender. I didn't get enough uh, 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 sales. I didn't get, a, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't get enough accolades. I, 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 all of a sudden, that door closed. I didn't get into acting school. What do I do? You surrender. Everybody say surrender. surrender. You surrender. And how do you surrender? You stop and you say, God, what do you want to do? What do you have for me? Sometimes you just erupt in thankfulness out of what you have right now. Because what you've been trying and thinking about isn't working. And so just surrender looks like a lot of things. It looks like, it looks like stop moving. It looks like resting sometimes. Sometimes it looks like stop trying to go this way and go that way. Surrender. And I want to pray right now for you right now. I want you to stand with me. I'm going to activate this for a second. I'm going to have you connect with the Father. And I, and I feel like, and I know the Lord wants to speak to some of you about surrendering. Some of you guys have to surrender. Some of that story about Ken really struck you. And you realize you're living for yourself. You realize that your whole world revolves around your own needs and your own pleasure and your own ideas and plans. And some of you guys, God's really convicting that heart of yours. And some of you, I don't know what God's going to say to you, but I'm right now. Close your eyes. Put your hand on your heart if that, if that feels right. I put my hand on my heart to remind me where life flows from. Father, I just pray for every single person here. And just say this, Father, I'm thankful that you're real. Say this, I'm thankful that you're real. I'm thankful that you're close. 
I thank you that I'm free. And now ask him this question. Ask him, what are, give me one or two areas that I need to surrender, either my will, my thoughts, my plans, my goals. Some of you need to surrender rest and start moving. <laughs> Come on. Surrender can be action. So right now, just talk to him. Father, we're here for you. Come on, God. Just tell him, Father, I trust you. Teach me to trust you. <laughs> Teach me to follow. Teach me to humble myself. Yeah. I also feel like, I'm just going to this last thing here. I just feel strongly that some of you, you haven't believed that your cup is supposed to overflow or you don't know how it could happen. And then some of you, when I said, my cup overflows, you'll never drink from it, there was like something that leaped in your heart like it did mine, that that's possible, that, that's, that I, it can overflow, that it'll never run dry. And if that's you, I want you to just, I want you to receive this. Father, in Jesus' name, I just cancel out any thoughts and beliefs that have been stealing from an overflowing cup right now, in Jesus' name. God, I, we, I release right now a surrender and, and the grace to overflow 100% of the time, Father. And I pray that all works and, and struggling that has caused that cup to be emptied out, God, we would be convicted, that you would call them out, God, that you, would, that you would help us to repent of ways that we've tried to work for your love and work for the overflowing, God. But Lord, I pray right now that there would be fountains of living water overflowing out of people right now. They would be feel it. It would be tangible, God. It would be, be you touch them right now. Yeah. Now put your hand on your neighbor right now and just their shoulder in a really appropriate way. <laughs> And I want you to pray with them right now. I say, Father, Father, we overflow out of my brother and sister right now. Overflow. Streams of living water would erupt out of this person, God. Streams of living water. And I pray that they would be surrendered. Yeah, God, thank you, Lord. Whew. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, God, Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And with every eye, just still just praying for that person. If you're here and you have not, sur and you just, you, you, you know that you have not surrendered to following Jesus. Maybe you've been half following him. Maybe you have good days and bad days. Maybe you're like, some days you believe he's real and some days you don't, you don't believe he's real. Today, if, if, 
if you want to surrender to him, and I urge you, surrender to Jesus. Surrender to the overflowing love of a God that gave everything for you, that, that literally he poured out his life so that you would have an overflowing life. If that's something you want this morning, if that's you, I want you to just pray right now. Jesus, come into me. Jesus, I want to follow you. I, I, want to, I want to surrender my life to you. And I got to pray for every person here that has a family member that needs to surrender to you right now. In Jesus' name, we pray for souls coming back to you. We pray for parents. We pray for sons and daughters and brothers and sisters to be saved right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's just give God praise right now. Just lift up your thanksgiving to him. God, we love you, God. Come on. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, if you're on our prayer team, come on up here. I want to pray for you. I feel like God just stirring up stuff in, in, in hearts this morning. Man. I, it... it Sometimes I feel like surrender feels like a heavy topic. I don't know, maybe it's just me or it's just the room. If I could just share with you, just if I could, if I wish I could just put in everyone, I, put, I wish I could put in me sometimes, the joy that comes from surrendering. There is a laughter that erupts when you surrender because all your problems and your worries aren't yours anymore. That his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so I just, I encourage you, like, just pursue a surrendered life. It's not popular right now. It's not popular to surrender your life. It's more popular to take it up and, and, and be successful and influence. But I promise you, it's, it's life-giving when you surrender every piece of your life. No one can tell you. No one can tell you that it's not going to be okay. Not the devil, not your friend, not somebody else. Nobody can tell you when you surrender to him. So anyway, bless you guys. Have an amazing weekend. Um, amen. Come up if you need prayer at all. We're going to do a hearing from God class. If you don't know how to prophesy or it's never been something normal for you, come on over and we're just going to get into it and you'll, you'll walk away doing it. All right. Bless you guys. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.